0: On last week's Irrevelations.
1: A second Kings six, the
0: floating axe head. Ooh, whoa, spooky. So he runs in, get, wakes up Elisha. Bro, bro, there's fucking, like, ah, they're all here. They know that you're telling the king the king of Israel about their attacks. There is some type of secret prophet
1: vision that you can be granted that will let you see angels.
0: He tears his clothes and he says, I swear to fucking God, Elisha's head is coming off his body today the point is is that times are tough
1: the siege is working
0: they're eating bird shit. he did get his uh just desserts which i don't think he deserved actually so <sighs> f- that
1: uh, uh, don't question god bitch. before we turn to the word,
0: i would like to can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed and I don't feel good about
1: myself. It are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I
0: believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America, God damn America.
1: That's The the Bible means a lot to me, but I
0: don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. You motherfucking Bible boys.
1: Bible boys.
0: Sucking Bible dick. Oh, yeah. For For Bible dollars.
1: For Bible dollars.
0: Under the Bible bridge.
1: Okay. (laughs) The Bible overpass.
0: Yeah. Uh, That's tell you had to go get an ultrasound yesterday.
1: Uh, you had to get an ultrasound? Yeah. What'd you do?
0: Well, they thought it might be a hernia, but it's just uh, swollen lymph nodes, so probably just cancer.
1: Okay. All right. Perfect.
0: <laughs> so this podcast might be coming to an abrupt end uh, in the next few episodes. Is this your sad-ass
1: everyone... cry for help? Because I'm <laughs> no, not I, It's
0: not for help. It's a, it's a shout for freedom from this <laughs> earthly skin. <laughs> well, Finally. no one deserves
1: to die more, so...
0: Uh well that's true. This is this is the, one of the craziest weeks in weird news I think 2020s had, which is uh a high bar. 2020 you know?
1: has been weird news. Well, I think 2020 has been uh, depressing news, I don't know about weird per se. cuz you have uh, well, I mean, not- just go ahead.
0: We got shit all over the place. We've got uh Tucker Carlson's lead writer who was a boy, a like mid 20s boy. Right. Uh, that that was not aging well, I'll add, which is a low blow. It's none it has nothing to do with his his online activity, which was of course saying the N-word a lot. Um, <laughs> what, you've what, got...
1: let, let's break that down. Let's 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 do that one first. Okay. So I did not realize so how old is he?
0: He's like twenty-eight, I think.
1: What a rising star. But also <laughs> what a weird condemnation that are like, okay, you know, obviously this is Fox News. I need my lead writer to be you. are the captain of the ship. You're obviously the best we can get, and it's a 28 year old uh, racist piece of shit. Is yeah. just obviously well, he came. Obviously, that he what came
0: you did. from the Daily Caller, which is Ben Shapiro's outlet, I believe. Right, uh,
1: of course. Yeah. So
0: it's not a surprise that he is a racist piece of shit.
1: They're like, you know how um, to get old people afraid, and he was like, that's my bread and butter. They're like, great, get in here. You're. How much money to continue to do that?
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it makes perfect sense that that would be who's behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Like, what you're, you're Tucker Carlson, right? You're looking for a writer, which of course is weird that a news show has. I mean, I guess you got to have the teleprompter, et cetera. But, uh, famously, because, uh, who was it that had the breakdown when his writers
1: didn't uh, finish Bill
0: it? O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, yeah. Anyway, so you need a writer, you're Tucker Carlson that's what you want is a guy that's in those fucking 4chan forums what,
1: what, do, what do you think the interview process is like i imagine it's tucker carlson his grandmother and he just brings <laughs> her and she's sitting on the casting couch and he's like okay i need you to get her as terrified as you can in the next 20 seconds and, and the guy just looks at me, he's like there's a black guy outside
0: and she just clutched her pearls no, they hook her up to a, a blood pressure reader. <laughs> you, have to, you, you have to keep her like heart rate elevated. High
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. He just shows a picture of a guy kneeling while the national anthem's playing, and she just goes, "Oh Lord, no!" And he's like, "That you got the job. You've you've got your finger on the pulse of eighty-year-old geriatric fucking racist pieces of shit, and that's that's our key demographic."
0: I, I love it just because it's like, for even a second, it's just a little bit of mask off, you know? Just for a second, you can see this is what they, they're they thinking, you know?
1: What's weird um, is I feel like racism and Fox News and conservatism, it's like that SpongeBob and Manta Ray meme where he's like, no, look, you guys are racist. He's like, I don't see it. I'm like, no, here, here's all these examples of racism and calling people thugs. And he's like, okay. And like, you recognize that... <laughs> Like, targeting black people excli- explicitly and Mexicans and calling them, like, rapists and thugs would be racist. They're like, yes. They're like, okay, so Fox News is racist. He's like, I don't see it. I
0: don't- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see no, it. That's they a good just, meme.
1: They just speak the fucking truth to me, man. I don't know.
0: Make that meme so I can put it on Twitter. Okay. All right? Do some work. Do some heavy lifting. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we had Tucker Carlson, obviously. That whole thing's blowing up. Poor guy. You know, his the quality of that show is just gonna going to be What's he going to do without
1: his uh, swan foods money now?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stephen Miller. We have a second job for you. Then <laughs> you've got um, the the St. Louis Gun Couple, you know, right. heroes. Only yes. a week ago,
1: yes. Today,
0: <laughs> Captain's to, America. <laughs> Captain's America. Today, not the case. Apparently, they're shitheels. Who could have seen that coming?
1: <laughs> okay, so to t- to cover up, I am. Uh, I know listeners of have the have to podcast know I'm a anarchist liberal gun owner i love my guns i also love protecting my property so part of me really relates to people coming into the neighborhood it's private property i don't you know whatever i don't know that i'd stand there in like a 300 hundred dollar outfit uh fucking pointing a gun without even iron sights on it just at random you know and sweeping my my wife and stuff but uh i at, at my spirit I could just tell, like, that's that's what every gun owner is just expecting. Some purge-like scenario where, and I think as a point of view, there's been so many instances in the past where a group of people have surrounded a house and were like, come on out here, we're going to lynch you, and yeah. I wish those guys had been armed, and it just kind of yes. shows you how effective it is, you know?
0: Yeah, that's the problem, is that when it's just Black Lives Matter protesters walking down the street, that's not when you need guns, like in broad daylight. <laughs> That's not what the guns for. The guns right. for whenever that uh, lawyer is going out to dinner with his wife, and yeah. you're in the you're, you're in the the uh, clock tower.
1: Oh, right. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say, or in the bushes, and yeah. you're gonna fucking uh, Tom and Martha Wayne their ass.
0: And I I paint I paint them with the IRS laser, right? So you can right. see. Them.
1: <laughs> I'm there with my NVGs, and you're just fucking flashing them
0: yeah of course uh that's by the way satire for the record
1: no 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 <laughs> follow them to an alleyway fucking tom and martha Wayne, in their ass rip those goddamn pearls off her desk
0: Next, yeah and then somehow they're like shih tzu becomes batman <laughs> I'm assuming they children. anyways of so that one was wild that was fun what else happened to, uh of course there was the the win loss scenario in the uh, supreme court that was pretty wild right uh, i guess
1: i haven't kept up with that i saw something about like oklahoma half their land belongs to natives which i don't know what that
0: well no there was like f- there was like four big things so that was a federal court i don't think that was the supreme court but yeah no, uh, they shut down the pipeline and then also they made it where companies didn't have to include birth control and medical plans which i thought already happened with hobby lobby like 10 years ago but whatever Apparently that's back on the docket, and but then you also had uh, Trump's t- uh, tax records, financial records are going
1: to be like he's probably going to be prosecuted. Yeah, it they're going like to New York. York. It seems like New York is drooling at the fucking opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. The Southern District of New York is getting them, but they're not going to Congress, so we're not going to see them. But the the prosecutors get to see them, so we'll see what happens with that. Could be interesting. It's just been a just been a crazy week overall, though. You know, a lot of fun. Um, I,
1: it was one of those things i remember when when trump was first president i remember there was an an argument to be made that maybe he's doing presidential things yeah. but his persona is shooting himself in the foot like he tried to get uh daca the dream act or whatever removed and he tried to enforce the muslim ban or what all these things and yeah. he kept getting shot down in the supreme court uh Partially because there was a, um, you know, I I don't think he'd elected Gorsuch yet or whatever. But uh, the the point being that it was like, well, he would go up there and they're like, okay, you want to ban Muslims? And his team would be like, well, legally there's precedent, you know, if any other president in america had tried to do this they would have actually been successful because there is legal framework to make this happen
0: sure but eventually you, he was able to
1: yeah but uh, when you look yeah. at his tweets and they're like yeah fuck muslims they're like okay but we can clearly point to motive and implication that it's from a racist discriminatory point of view and then it instead got of down. these
0: countries because but, of security yeah but reasons. basically the
1: point yeah. was is that if trump wasn't such a fucking asshole he would actually be able to get through his asshole things if he could just wear the mask a little bit tighter
0: Oh, yeah, we'd have a wall that's just twice as tall as it is today, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, and the entire southern
1: border, as glorious as it ever was.
0: Well, that's what we can expect, I would imagine, under President Tucker Carlson in 2024, hopefully.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is um, I saw that Canada is, like— like, uh, U.S. Congress is petitioning Canada. Like, hey, please open up the border. Oh, yeah. We're trade partners. You know we're your greatest allies. Forget that whole Trump calling you threats to national security. Mm-hmm. Forget us hijacking those 3M masks. Forget us banning the sale of masks to Canada. <laughs> Forget us fucking you over G7. Forget all that shit. That doesn't count, bro. We're, you know was We're homies. And yeah. can you open up the border so we can let our infected fucking piece of shit people... Cross into your nation and fuck up your way of life and Canada's like nah bro Canada first gotta <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is a certain uh, beauty to it it's, a certain,
1: it's kind of I think it's delicious irony it's the perfect cap into Trump's first of two terms uh, yes, yes, and yes. I do think it also be kind of funny that Mexico's like enforcing the border too I would love it if like oh, yeah. the vi- if the virus gets so bad and there's just so many deaths that like the Mexican politicians are like maybe we should build a wall like, I don't care if we have to pay for it. Let's just get the wall up.
0: <laughs> like, it was just yeah, some fucking Arizona, long they were con. Yeah, down.
1: Yeah, just some long and, con to get Mexico to pay for the wall is to fuck up America so bad that the trend reverses.
0: And then, speaking of Mexico, this probably won't age well because I'm sure this will be over within a matter of 36 hours or so, but you got the whole Goya thing, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I so heard that. F- the- the funniest takes I've seen have been from conservatives online. that are like, do you know what? I don't even like beans, but I'm buying Goya tonight. And I'm like, that's super racist because Goya, like that's like 10% of what they make is beans. Like, that's <laughs> sauce." And you're just like, whoa, Mexican company. What beans, You mean beans, beans,
1: <laughs> beans and taco shells. Right. I, I, it is, it is a delicious, like all of a sudden they have to reverse their trend. Like, fuck, I love Mexico now. What do I like? Um, so, do they make sombreros? Yeah. They- <laughs>
0: What's a telenovela? Is that a show about beans?
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I want to support Goya any way I can. Do you, can I get some, like, maracas? <laughs> Do you guys make piñatas? What, what is Mexican that I think that I can tie to them somehow in my <laughs> mind?
0: I need a Cinco de Mayo shot glass now. Yes,
1: give it to me. Give me the fucking whale bone. I want a giant fucking plastic cup that holds tequila.
0: Please. Uh, so anyway, that's... This is, again... This is a cold opener that's going to age like milk. I'm sure, but hey, what <laughs> are you going to do? They all do. sometimes never go back. Th- oh yeah, we're get, we're gonna, we're getting canceled one week at a time. So uh, that's yep. good.
1: I just can't wait till I have a child that will disown me over it. Oh that's yeah, the, that's the goal. You know, just a sad. Yeah. There's going to be one Christmas where he just doesn't show up, and I'm like, "What's this about?" And he's like, "Goya," and I go, "What?" I was- <laughs> 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 uh,
0: yeah. I mean, that that one hits a little close to home for me, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is the Revelations Podcast. I'm Cole D'Aluski. And I'm Grant DeVoyce. We're out here reading the Bible so that you don't have to. And this is a good example, I think, this week of why you shouldn't read it, because this shit is filthy. Okay? Filthy.
1: Uh, filthy. Uh, we're we're going to do chapters 8 and 9 of Second Kings. And Ooh, we better. Eight, you just eight, called it. 8 is a slow burn, and then yeah. 9 cranks it to a... Almost to eleven, but we won't That's have time right. to get to eleven. Just nine.
0: Oh good. Good number play there. Wow. You're you're real grant. <laughs> <laughs> so uh with no further ado, episode ninety-four of the Revelations Podcast. Second Kings chapter eight, like Cole said, let's kick it off. Um, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. It's been a while since we recorded. We had to do a whole bunch ahead of time because of some vacations. So let's let's catch up to speed. What was going on? The siege, right? There was the siege of Israel.
1: I like that Like you and me have to catch up, but if you're the
0: listener who we I know speaking to, they would have no but fucking clue. It's called being honest with people. They <laughs> like the transparency I've been so, so of things. So so the feedback.
1: last thing we had seen is that Ben Haddad had sieged Israel, and it hit, uh, I guess, uh, not, well, I guess Samaria, right? The capital e- of Israel.
0: Yes. Because yes. there's
1: no way you siege a whole fucking country.
0: No, know? it was just the city. Yeah, it was the just capital.
1: the city. They sieged the capital of Israel, uh, Samaria, and it got so bad that people were fighting over whose child to eat first.
0: That's right. It was badass.
1: And uh, some lepers, that God made them flee out of cowardice, and then some lepers saw. It. You, you guys know. We're catching up, but you guys know.
0: Yeah, you get it. At the end of the day, uh, all of the Syrians slash Aramaeans, whatever you want to call them, went back to Syria. But it's important
1: because we're going to hear more about ben Haddad,
0: this episode. That's right. The king of Syria. But
1: the point is, we just had the siege of Samaria. A bunch of people were very fucking hungry, ate their own kids, licking bird shit, you know, off the fucking ground for the the calories. Uh, And now we're back and Elisha, who's I guess just strolled right through. Elijah was in the city, so he's doing fine. He can make food out of nothing. That's his whole thing. I, yeah, I be-
0: birds bring him food. I bet, I bet birds.
1: Birds were like bringing him snippets of bread and meat, and then just going out into his to the street and just shitting all over the ground. And he's like, "See, I did my part. That's trickle down God economics."
0: <laughs> God didn't forget about you, Judas. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: don't worry. You, I, you know, he, he's like the equivalent of like a, a Meso- Mesopotamian billionaire, where he's getting his, and then he's like, "Yeah, look, I gave you some birds." shit that's the uh you guys are fine so
0: so chapter eight starts off with elisha going to the woman who he had saved the or brought the son back to life right earlier he
1: draped his staff on the kid's face and he laid on back for life yeah oh and stretched all over yeah yeah
0: yeah because the servant put the staff on his face (laughs) and (laughs) then that didn't work so elisha had to come a little bit of foreplay Yeah. yeah a metaphorical staff on his metaphorical face so now uh, Elisha goes to her and he says, all right, listen, lady, for whatever reason, you know, if, if you remember, th- it was kind of a side note. But back whenever he he, uh, he like first met this woman, she had talked about how she had all this family back in Shunem. She's a Shunemite woman, right? She's not just some run of the mill Israelite. Right. So he goes to her at this point and he says, listen, you need to get the fuck out of here. There's going to be a famine for seven years because God hates His people, of course, as we've shown over and over again. So for the next seven years, get the hell out. She listens and takes her whole family and goes to live with the Philistines, which sounds horrible. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Like Elisha's like, listen. Uh, I like that. Elisha's like, you're cool. Don't go to Israel tomorrow <laughs> for like yeah. the next seven years. You know. <laughs>
0: And that she goes and – it's funny that she goes and lives with, like, the biggest antagonists from the past, I don't know, 500 years, uh, the Philistines. It's, who kind are fine. Of
1: a, it's kind of a weird – like, especially since the whole point of Israel as a nation is that the most wicked thing they can do is be like their neighbors. God – all all God really wants is for them to be separate and special and different. And yeah. yet, the and yet he's like, oh, but you were like your neighbors. Okay, I'm gonna punish you and make your lives a million times worse than them. To the point where, like, the Philistines are, like looking over the wall, be like, ugh.
0: Yeah, the, the Philistines are living high on the hog. Build uh, the wall. Don't let the- us. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very Canada-U.S. situation, or right? <laughs> Canada, U.S.-Mexico, maybe. Um. So yeah, she goes, lives down there, seven years, flies by in a flash. Okay, she's coming back. From the land of the philistines famines, and over. this is insane so you leave the country for seven years you got to kind of come back with your head bowed right you skipped out all the it's like all those like rich e- elites that left new york city to go live at their parents cottages during covid all you, right. you got to come back with your head hung down a little bit all right because yeah. you skipped out you, you didn't you weren't part of this you bailed on
1: this country you shoulda my bitch it,
0: yeah, she comes back expect to ask the king to have all of her land back, all right? Her house and all the land. This is like, I don't know, it be it it feels to me like a uh, imagine if a bunch of US um billionaires invest- invested in puts put options against airline companies right before 9/11. Imagine how crazy that would be if that had happened. <laughs> obviously. Yeah,
1: obviously <laughs> that would be suspicious. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Just banking on she basically shorted Israel by going right. and living in Philistine because she had some insider information on this whole thing. No, right, right, right. She comes back with the audacity to say, hey, can I please have back all my land and my house, etc." Here's the fucking crazy part. As she's coming back to go see the king, who's the king talking to? The king of Israel, who hates Elisha, right? Hates him. Yeah. Is talking to Elisha's servant, Gehazi. And all they're talking about- does. does wait, hold the- on,
1: just- does yeah. the king hate Elisha? I know his dad did. Ahab definitely hated Elisha. Uh, yeah, the
0: king tried to kill him during the siege.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so, they hate each yes. other. All right. it's, so, it's, but for some reason, even though he tried to kill Elisha last time and had his fucking enemies, like, uh, had, his, had his army get burned to death and shit like that, even though that all happened, he's like, hey, Gehazi, come over here. Sit on my lap. Tell me a story about how good Elisha is. Like, tell me all how great he is. Like... It, it does seem kind of weird, but sure.
0: And literally, the the moment that she walks in to the palace or whatever, Gehazi is relating to the king the story of how he Elisha had saved this very woman's son. Like yeah. it's it's really stupid. Yeah, I-
1: it, it'd be like it'd be like you're at dinner. And you're like, oh yeah, George Bush. It's good that you were joining us. Can you tell me about like the highlights of your presence? Like, oh man, and then there, there was nine eleven, and I had to like fucking save. all and there's Osama right now, and he just like walks in, and you're like, hey, what and they a coincidence. Chest bump. Yeah, they chest bump, <laughs> they high five, be like, fucking.
0: The side plot of this episode is nine eleven. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> never forget. By the way, extra side point. I uh I looked it up in twenty twenty three. I think uh is when september 11th falls on a sunday so we'll have a big special episode then oh
1: yeah if you're not dead by then yeah
0: yeah yeah. of course well i i will be but anyway um okay so what happens next the king sees this woman come in gahazi's like oh hey this is her this is the fucking woman that i'm talking about who uh, elisha Which raised her it son seems from
1: suspicious
0: you know yeah. like you're telling
1: the story about the time your guy your friend fought a guy at a bar and Like, and there's the guy and the guy just was it, like, yeah,
0: look at how bad I got my ass kicked. It's it kicked, fucking kicked, great. Yeah. <laughs> Kick the shit out of me, man. These are fake teeth. Kick uh,
1: my wife so hard she aborted.
0: <laughs> Gross. Uh, so the, the uh, king sees the woman, asks her about it, because why not hear from the source? She tells him the story, explains, in fact, where she's been, right, out of the country for seven years, hiding from the famine while everyone suffered and died. And he, the king says, hey, do you know what? Give her back everything that belonged to her, including, okay, all the income from the land from the day that she left the country until now. So not only does she get everything back, but I'm assuming people were working her land for, on, for her like or whatever. Like
1: just, just some squatters that came in and made some money. He's like, hey, you guys got a, this bill to pay now.
0: Yeah, it's insane. So uh, the people that were eking by and the uh, famine have to give her the earnings that they were like, it's (laughs) it's such
1: a weird 1% landowners rights thing. (laughs) She's like, you know, technically that was my land. He's like, okay, but you, you left. He's like, yeah, but still (laughs) like, all right, I guess. Okay. You guys, those guys who's toiled and sweated to like maintain her property while she fucked off on, you know, to our, literally our sworn enemy. uh, You got to pay her for your work.
0: This is just an example of the monarch supporting the bourgeois keeping down the actual <laughs> working class it, so. it,
1: it would be like there was like a war coming and this guy flees his like wheat fields and then this other family comes over like well i bet we could make some beer let's make some money and they like start harvesting the wheat they maintain the house they fix some damaged windows and things like that they There's sold some montage. beer and he comes back he was like that was technically my land so all that work and wheat and beer money you made that's kind of mine
0: so yeah. you know. It, it's ugly. It's for whatever reason, though, it's what's seen as just in this story. And that's the end. That, that part of the story ends there. That's okay? the whole story.
1: It doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't no. get it. So, so to, to sum it up, Elisha tells woman, hey, there's going to be a famine. Get out of here. A famine happens. Zero mention of it at all. Like, there's no. not any talk about all the people who died or whatever. Just, hey, there's a famine. You go. She goes. She comes back. And the king's like, oh, all that sacrifice you would have made, uh, I've undone it. So you're good to go. So yeah. I, I don't know. It, w- what is the purpose? That because she allowed her son to get molested by a priest, she's getting the special treatment?
0: I think you're actually uh, <laughs> yeah, the nail on the head there, buddy. Yeah. So um, This F- is definitely... Wink. It makes Boston. you feel... actually to me, it makes her feel more like a mafia guma. Like yeah. she's the fucking, she's like Elisha's mistress, I think. Okay. And maybe that's even his son. All right. That's Whoa. my pet theory. Okay. That's your yeah. pet theory. Yeah. 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 That, that's, it, would ex- that, it would explain her treatment. When you know?
1: we, when we make our, when we make our uh, coloring book for children for this story, that's, what's going to be. Is that like <laughs> that, that her son that comes back has like the same nose as Elisha. They're like, that's weird.
0: <laughs> Elisha busting in her while the husband's out working in the field. Yeah. So, um okay continuing on that's a great that's that story story. so yeah
1: there was a famine someone left got all their shit back the end no real character arc or any consequences or any change just
0: just yep and and like cole said it doesn't mention any of the destruction of the famine let's remember though so this is a seven-year famine let's remember that whenever the capital was put under siege for what a few days all it took was a few days or weeks or whatever for them to start eating their own children. So I'm imagining <laughs> seven years of famine probably got pretty ugly. Well,
1: I, I think, wasn't the one famine where they were like, hey, this famine is way too long. You need to get Elisha to come solve this shit. I think that was three like years. three years. Yeah. So even a three-year famine is enough where people are like, "Like, okay, we're going to have to eat our donkeys or our children. One of those two things. And our yeah, children this- can't pull a plow. If you know what I mean.
0: (laughs) This famine is 2.3 repeating times as long as that. (laughs) If you're wondering. Uh, I won't
1: fact check that number, but sure.
0: Sure. Okay. So what happens next? We totally leave that scene. We never talk about that woman again, I don't think. And we cut to Elisha going on a trip. Where is she going? Damascus, the capital of Syria, literally the, the sworn enemy.
1: Yeah, you know?
0: the people that had been trying to kill Elisha because what he he was able to uh, reveal secrets of the Syrian army to Israel to avoid ambush, that, which is the whole reason the siege happened. That uh, is time.
1: kind of funny that. The last time we were talking about Ben Haddad, his whole thing was he was trying to ambush the king, and every time he would the king of Israel, and every time he would yeah. set up an ambush, the king of Israel would like hear about it and go somewhere else that day. And he's like, because "God, I just want to kill fucking Elisha. I will do anything to kill him. If I could just get him to come here where I could ambush him, that would be tits." And then like Elisha's like, "La di da da da, just go to Syria, just gonna go see the king, just gonna walk out with my neck uncovered in this open road." for a while I think
0: all these leaders seem very fickle right for instance the, the king of israel is hanging out with gehazi right elisha's servant for some reason so like these guys i feel like they're like you know hot today cold tomorrow whatever
1: maybe it's just, just maybe it's because they're just the ultra rich and the things that affect their nation until it affects them personally i don't give a fuck something to think yeah, we're about e-
0: we're even having like a an enemy it's just like kind of like it's like being republican democrat type situation right yeah, yeah. okay on television in the debates, we're going to stream at each other, but we are going to the yacht club later yeah, today. Yeah. And we're going to drink martinis off of uh, strippers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're so-
1: going to molest a child and then talk about how bad <laughs> poor people are. That's just what we as politicians are going
0: to do. That's a bingo. I think you were already putting that down. I was just being an idiot and it took me a second. <laughs> so, uh, continuing, he's going to Damascus. Who knows why, but we're going to get into that, I guess. So he gets there and, uh, he has basically, I think, heard that Ben-Hadad is ill, right? That's the king of Syria who's well, been chasing him around. He,
1: he's going to Demar- uh, to Damascus. It doesn't explain exactly why, but we know that Ben-Hadad hears about it and his scout tells him, hey, by the way, the man of God is in town.
0: Yes. Uh, well, he says it to Hazael, who is basically like, what, the second in command or something? The general?
1: no, no. So then Elisha went to Damascus, and Ben-Hadad, king Syria, was sick. Oh, I see. And it was told to him, saying, the man of God has come here. So Ben-Hadad is sick, unrelated, for no re- there's no real connection to it, but Elisha just happens to be in town. And yeah, Ben-Hadad yeah. is sick, and he tells his second-in-command a man named Haziel, who, if you were listening carefully, is a man we've mentioned in the past in prophecy. Yes. Uh, where we're going to start to see that prophecy come true here. So he tells his, his second-in-command Haziel, Haziel, Hazael, whatever. whatever, it's got a very demon-sounding name anyway. I like
0: Hazael, that's cool.
1: Yeah, Hazael uh, says, hey, I'm sick, can you go ask the man of God and find out about my future? Ask if I will recover from this illness. And yeah, take all these cool. riches and gifts to bribe him or whatever, classic Syrian trait.
0: There is a little bit of humility in it and that he doesn't say, "Hey, go get the man of God to heal me." He says, "Go ask the man of God if I'm going to die." You know, <laughs> right. uh, it's kind of, you know, there's a lack of hubris that I can respect. Yeah, he must because- have had a
1: pretty piss poor ultrasound comeback. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> that's so a weird so- joke.
1: <laughs> Anyway, so, I hope you look to I'm going
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cut that from the start of the uh, episode for HIPAA violations. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> okay, so um, Haziel so- goes down to meet Elisha. He takes with him a gift of 40 camel loads of the finest wares of Damascus. So I'm picturing, I don't know, gold and frankincense. I mean, and whatever and you would shit. pay to
1: know if you're going to die or not. Yeah.
0: That's right. 40 camel loads, though. So a lot. We're like Solomon money talking. So he gets there stands before him he says listen the king, your son Ben-hadad king of Aram has sent me to ask will I recover from this illness and i guess uh, saying your son it's just kind of like a uh, a deference thing like humbling uh, or, yourself before or, I mean
1: it, it literally is your son Ben-hadad king of Syria has sent me to you saying shall i recover from this disease i wonder if it's like in the way that like people refer to god as father Or something like that. Maybe it's just like he's like, listen, wink, wink. I know I've been at war with Israel all the time, but you know I'm good with God.
0: Yes, I'm your child. So Elisha says to him, listen, go back to the king, tell him you will certainly recover. End quote. However, the Lord has revealed to me that he's actually going to die. So <laughs> this is getting weird. As Haziel has a loyal servant. You, at this point, you're like, wait, what? It, you know.
1: it, it is kind of one of those things where where we're going to talk about kind of, to me, kind of touches on that kind of like, you remember when um in the Matrix, when he meets the Oracle for the first time? Yeah. And she's like, oh, and don't worry about the vase. And he like goes, what vase? And knocks over a vase. And he's like, oh. How did you know I was going to knock over the vase? And she's like, "What's really going to cook your noodle is would you have knocked over the vase if I hadn't said anything?" And he's like, "Fuck, I hate that." <laughs> you know, like, like Haziel. We're, we're that, that's going to be kind of uh, the theme of what we're going to talk about. But Haziel's like, "Hey, is my master going to die?" And Elisha's like, "Well, yes, but actually, no." And uh, um, he's like, "Yeah, he would recover, but uh, you're going to kill him."
0: <laughs> yes, he says. Um... He st- basically then says that Elisha stares into him until Hazel became embarrassed. Um, and then the man of God started to weep. Okay. So this is a very creepy situation. Imagine you're Hazel. You're just doing your king's bidding. You go find the holy man. Hey, holy man, is my king going to die? Well, you're going to tell him he's not, but yes, he's going to die. And then the dude stares at you for like minutes and then just starts weeping openly crazy day yeah right? just like crazy uh, day in the office
1: uh, man i've, I've so had the like, same thing happen but it was a hobo
0: and <laughs> yeah well that's normal <laughs> uh, and we're also we're now saying uh someone experiencing homelessness we don't a hobo so, no that's someone not experiencing
1: homelessness. homelessness that's their yeah that they are it's not
0: their, no it defines He can get them. a house he's not no he's not he won't. you're taking away his personage all right he so doesn't have. Is, he's not a person the Hazel says to Elisha, why are you crying, my Lord? And he says, because I know what you're going to do to the Israelites. All right, freeze. right, let's go back in time. First Kings chapter 19. What he's talking about here is that God told Elijah that at a certain point, there's going to be a king named Jehu in Israel. Jehu is going to kill basically all the Israelites that Who doesn't kill? Haziel, this man. So Elisha knows that this guy is going to come into town, kick the shit out of the Israelites, murder countless numbers of them at God's bidding. And then Jehu, the new king of Israel, is going to take over from there, kill the rest. And then whoever Jehu doesn't kill, Elisha knows he himself is going to have to kill. So a reckoning is coming, and Elisha meeting this guy and saying, holy shit, this is Hazael from the prophecy, he's realizing that pretty soon uh, the blood's going to start flowing.
1: I, I think – so to recap for those who may not remember, when uh, Jezebel had created these um, altars – not well, not altars, but a- Ahab had, partly yeah. because of influence from Jezebel, had created these altars with his Baalish priests – And Elijah had said, This altar fucking sucks. You have sinned. There is going to be a new guard that comes over and ruins your dynasty. There's going to be Jehu and Haziel and Elisha. And they are going to, hungry, hungry hippo, fucking kill all the people I hate. Yeah. Um, I don't think Elisha is remembering that. I think Elisha, the the whole staring into Haziel is that as he looks over with his God vision, he is uh, seeing Haziel's future and it's like, oh, this sucks. This yeah. is fucking terrible. And that's why yeah. he stares at him and then cries and then is like, oh, yeah, listen, I have seen your future. You will be king and you will do horribly cruel things to Israel, including ripping open pregnant women and children.
0: Hell yes. But you know what? God wants him to. What are you going to do? Man,
1: that's that's your charge in life. Sorry, Haziel. I know you probably don't want to slice open pregnant women and like rip them apart like Plato, but
0: you got you. Enshallah, it. motherfucker. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, it's going and, down. And Haziel, he's just, he's just there delivering a message. I was like, whoa, what the fuck are you talking about? You're saying I'm going to be king, but not just that, but I'm going to be a wicked, terrible king. Like, what are you accusing me of? What is this minority report bullshit that you think I'm capable of that?
0: And yeah, he says to he says how could how could your servant me a mere dog accomplish such a feat, which is also kind of like he seems thrilled a little bit. <laughs> you know, he's 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 like he's like that is my dream. That is my dream. <laughs> but but how do we how do we manifest? This? Okay, I love um, the
1: idea. I love what you're talking about. <laughs> but how do we get from where I'm at now to ripping open women? The yeah. ripping of the Terry, as it
0: were. This this is like the exact conversation whenever George Bush went to Osama and yeah. told him what he had to do. He's like, he's he's- like
1: I'm basically a brain-dead, coked-up moron. How do I win a second term? And Osama's like, I got an idea.
0: Oh, I was picturing it the other way. Anyway, it's <laughs> fine. Because Bush is crying because he knows that Osama's going to kill all the, the Americans.
1: But, are, um, well, you know. I, I, see, I, I, I think... I'm I'm wondering if you mistranslated it, because here's here's my interpretation. 8.13. So Haziel said, but what is your servant? A dog? That he should do this gross thing. So I I, I think Haziel, his interpretation is, like, that's fucking horrible. I'm not going to do that.
0: No, I believe my version more. Remember, you're you're reading King James version, which is like more antiquated, less uh, precise in its interpretation. Whereas this one is not him saying why or I can't do that. It's him saying, "How could I? Such a a, just a dog on the street. How could I pull this off?"
1: Right. But but, but to sum up, so Haziel is like, "Hey, is my master going to live and or recover? Is my master going to recover?" And Elisha's like, "Yes, he will recover, but he also will die." and you're going to be king and you're going to be a horrific king and that's basically where he leaves it and Haziel's like okay and he goes back to the king and is like yeah uh elisha says you're you're going to be fine you're going to be good
0: <laughs> that's what he says and then the next day he takes a thick cloth Soaks it in water, like he said in fucking Guantanamo Bay or yeah, I was going to say,
1: he waterboards him to death.
0: Yeah, he spreads the soaked cloth over the king's face and chokes him to death, basically suffocates him. Yeah. Um, brutal way to die. Fuck. Fucking terrible way to die. Isn't there yeah. any? Well, I guess. Okay. So
1: ben haddad is sick. Everyone thinks he's sick enough that he's worried about dying. Haziel tells him in confidence, yeah, you're going to be fine. And then kills him in a way where people will probably think he just died from his illness. You know? yeah. He doesn't cut yeah. his head off or something. He lets him suffocate to death like SIDS. You know, it's like when yeah. people blame vaccines for SIDS when really it's because they're fat and they fell over on their kid while they were sleeping.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah, that's actually a good point you're making. Sorry, everyone who's listening to this who had a child pass from SIDS. Uh, he didn't mean that.
1: Yeah, but Sid's is like <laughs> fake. And what, no, really, it's not. Is, what really is, it's just mothers rolling over on their kids while they're sleeping and then blaming
0: vaccines. I know facts. Uh, okay, so what happens next? We, we cut away from that scene again because we're jumping all so, over the so yeah, place. So, yeah,
1: out in Syria, Hazel is quietly murdering the king and taking the throne. Back in Judah, other things are
0: happening. In the fifth year. Of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel, right? So, uh, that's the second son of Ahab to be king. First it was Ahaziah. Right. Ahaziah died. The next son became king because Ahaziah didn't have a kid yet. So Joram is the king now in Israel. Um, so we know that whenever Jehoram in Judah, uh, started his reign, he was 32 years old and he is going to reign for eight years, um, it says he followed the ways of the kings of Israel as the house of Ahab have done because why he married a daughter of Ahab. So basically it's saying because he married into that Ahab lineage, mm-hmm. um, even though he has no Ahab blood, but because he married a daughter of Ahab, he's a piece of shit. It's, well, it's like a virus. It's,
1: it's the, yeah, well, the virus is women. And it's it's yes. it's that's the theme of the Bible. I don't agree with it, but basically the Bible stance in that women are basically the human equivalent of a sucking chest wound, and a I mean from day one, virulent right? gate being infected gash,
0: correct. Uh, so, uh, because though God did promise David that he would secure his lineage, God doesn't decide to end this line, doesn't decide to destroy Judah just yet
1: which is such a pathetic fucking thing like so the whole so so joram in the north is evil and wicked and he has altars in high places that people worship shitty fucking gods and that's why he has to die uh also there's the the whole like hey that whole jezebel naboth thing where you fucking killed a guy over a vineyard now i gotta kill all your kids you know um but so Jehoram in the south in Judah marries uh this bitch, daughter of a rehab, and she's like, you know what you should do, as she's like sucking him off in between jerks, she's like, You should nice. worship Baal. And he's like, Oh yeah, whatever you say. And that's you know, now he has to die.
0: Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, God has his rules, right? He's very God is a fair and just Could and, not and have made it God. more clear. Yeah. You know? So, while this is going on, while Jehoram, is the king of Judah? Something else happens. Uh, Edom rebelled against Judah and set up its own king. Now, stop for a second because Edom already had a king, right? Whenever they went and chased and had the whole maraud, or the, the there was the
1: Moab rebellion where they yeah. got the king of Edom to help them fight, and they went through the Edomite wilderness. So, yeah, it it, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense because that was def- definitely Jehoshaphat
0: who yeah, allied
1: dad. with the king of Edom. Now, I think part of it could be that because there is the co-regency.
0: Yeah.
1: It might have been just Jehoshaphat was king and it's now in this time where technically there are two kings in Judah and that whole thing happened, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense that there would be a rebellion, they would elect a king and then there would then be another rebellion in Moab where the rebellious king they then joined forces with. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense,
0: but it doesn't make sense. So Jehoram, during this rebellion, goes to Zer and takes all of his chariots with him. Right? He's going to put down the, uh, rebellion the rebellion with the with the, yeah. the strong boot of Judah, and gets <laughs> there. However, backfires. Edomites surround them. All right, these guys are tricky. Yeah, you know, they being, are tricky from Edom. So they surround the the Judans, Judahans, and uh, what he does is he. he formulates his plan, rises up, and breaks through their lines at night. But his whole army pretty much freaks out, flees, go back home. And ever since then, the Bible says Edom has been in rebellion against Judah. So that's how Edom kind of became its own thing.
1: You called them Judeans. It's Joram and the Israelites. No,
0: Judean Judeans. Like people from Judah. So
1: Joram went to Zaire. Joram's the I king know. of Israel. It's Joram and all his No, chariots. it says Jehoram. Joram.
0: No, it's the Judeans. Trust me. It says Jehoram in mine. It's talking about Judah.
1: Okay. All right. I
0: mean, it, they're the same name.
1: So we'll, we'll keep it.
0: Okay. And that's pretty much the cap on Jehoram's reign, right? Uh, it's 10 verses long. That's all we really yeah, know about Yeah, in him. case
1: you were wondering, he's in Chronicles. We'll cover his fucking ass.
0: Yeah. They buried him in David. Yada yada, or they buried him in the city of David. Uh and his son's name is Ahaziah. So now we're getting really fucking confusing, okay? Because Ahaziah is the older brother of Joram, king of Israel, and is now also the name of the son of Jehoram, who's king also of
1: called Joram. It, it, fucking, it's fucking, it's absurd.
0: Yeah, you would need a big ass chart to to show all this. But the part of the reason that they're starting to have these uh, linear names is because they've intermarried, right? Which yeah. is part of. It's what God's pissed off about. So you start getting these like uh thematic names, specifically Jehoram of Judah married the daughter of Ahab of Israel. And so now all his kids. And Haziah
1: are, would have been her brother.
0: Yeah. Because technically he
1: was in between. He was the child of Ahab.
0: Yes. Died so, without
1: a lot. Well, I guess that explain. Well, no, it doesn't explain it because he died without a son. So it could kind of almost make sense that his sister would then have a child and name it after her dead brother Since, who didn't have yeah. a, whatever.
0: But that's it's basically Ahazia, that, yeah. Ahazia, yeah. It's Ahazia becomes kings. king. It's, it's not even that gross. It's, it's pretty normal, right? Two kings intermarrying just like Europe did. Um, they're not related. It's cool, actually.
1: Well, it's the first so, time they've intermarried, so it's not like.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So in the now we're going on more confusing shit here, basically. But in the 12th year of Joram. All right, son of Ahab, uh, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, uh, also known as (laughs) Joram, yes, became the the king of Judah. So Ahaziah, who was also the name of Joram's brother, is now ruling down in the south in Judah. So Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he ruled Jerusalem for only one year. Part of this is because his mother, whose name was Athaliah, is a granddaughter of Omri, the king of israel omri if you forgot is ahab's dad so we're going back a few generations now right so omri was this dude's great-grandfather now, right? so i haven't
1: got- i haven't read past uh chapter nine i haven't read 10 uh, yeah. i know what nine is setting up for but sure. i think technically when ahab did that shit to naboth over the vineyard There was the, like, when Elijah was like, you killed a guy over some fucking vineyard, you're a piece of shit, you profaned God, you used it as a trap to frame a guy and then murdered him. Because of that, your entire line will die. And because of this inner Mary, technically both Judah and Israel are both being run by the line of Ahab. And his dynasty now lives in two different kingdoms.
0: Yeah, dude was prolific. So I would... I
1: mean, I would have thought about that.
0: Judah. Not a good idea. I wouldn't have fucked not that
1: guy's good. daughter.
0: I would have, but that's beside the point. So, what happens next? Um, Ahaziah, right? The Judah Ahaziah, not the Israel Ahaziah, does basically the same shit that Ahab's family did, right? Just fucks everything up. Uh, they're good at that. Those types of people. The Ahab lineage. Mm-hmm. So ah- Ahaziah, Ahaziah, it says then goes to war with Joram, the son of Ahab, against Haziel, right? Who we just talked about earlier. Haziel is now the king of Syria. So these two kind of being cousins or whatever they are, I guess. Yeah,
1: Joram uh, and Haziel join forces to fight Syria again, the dream team. Yeah. But this time... I guess it's
0: like a nephew-uncle situation. Uh, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it is a nephew-uncle. Something like that. Yeah. So... Nephew and uncle, uh, uncle and Israel, nephew and, uh, Judah go to war against Hazel, the newly minted King of Syria. All right. So that's, what's happening. Um, as this war is going on, uh, the Aramaeans or Syrians, whichever you prefer wounded Joram. Okay. So King Joram of Israel goes back to Jezreel in Israel to recover from his wounds and also during that time, Ahaziah goes down to Jezreel basically to hang out with his uncle. Okay. So you got both of the kings of Israel and Judah, uncle, and nephew, hanging out in Jezreel. War's going on. That's but, the end of chapter eight. Right?
1: Yeah. And so- Did I yeah, hit all the points? The, yeah. The end of chapter eight is they went to war with Syria. The king of Israel got fucked up a little bit. He's injured. They go back to Jezreel and they're recouping. Ahaziah yeah. is just hanging out with his uncle- and they're just like, oh man, that war sucked. Too bad all those poor people died, but now I'm hurt. Let's just let's just recoup and we'll we'll go back at it next week. You know,
0: it is very, uh, yeah, it's very. So, monicous. so that's where
1: they're saying at the end of eight. They're recovering from a failed war.
0: Yeah. So sorry, we had to do all that part. I know chapter eight was kind of funny there at the beginning, but then it just started to suck. So hopefully, we can reward your patience here with chapter nine, which is a little bit kookier.
1: I, yeah, a, bit, a bit, a bit. I do think it's kind of interesting. I, I wonder. So I, I never really made the connection about what the significance is of uh, Athalia. Uh, what do I call her? Athalia, Athalia. Oh, I think the, mother. Yeah, the mother. Yeah, the mother. But, but that whole intermarrying is kind of a significant thing because one, it means that both lines are the line of Omri, but yeah. it also means that like that whole. God being like, hey, guess what? There's a new clan in the north. There's the David's line in the south. That's how it's gonna be for a while. And then, kind of through intermarrying, they've essentially stopped that whole war that God really loved. He really likes it when there's all that Jew on Jew crime. Yes. He likes to keep them fighting each other, keep them down, you know, keep them out of the voting booth. But um, now he's like, oh, they're they're banding together. They're working as a team. They're they're. All unified, you know. The they've squashed their beef. No north side, south side bullshit. I got to find a new enemy or a new way to to, to make him mix them up again.
0: That's right. So he imbues Haziel, Haziel, with this like otherworldly power to help him fight the Israelites. So now the Syrians are going to town. Obviously, Joram already got hurt, and we roll right into chapter nine.
1: And chapter 9 is kind of weird. So it starts off like, as all these things are happening, off to the side, Elisha is chilling with the sons of the prophets. And he calls one of them and he's like, hey, listen, here's the deal. I got a mission for you. I need you to take some oil and go to Ramoth-Gilead. Ramoth-Gilead is basically right where that whole battle was where Joram got injured. That's where they fought the Syrians. They were fighting over Ramoth-Gilead. And he sends a son of the prophet with oil and says, listen, here's the thing. I need you to go find Jehu, the other son of Jehoshaphat. So essentially Ahaziah's younger brother probably. Yeah. And um, no, no, wait, wait, wait. His uncle.
0: No, he's totally – yeah.
1: The son of Jehoshaphat because Jehoshaphat's son Jehoram is the father. So I need you to go to Jehu, the uncle to uh, Ahaziah, the current king in Judah, and I need you to tell him, hey – Take him to a private room because you're going to want to keep this on the DL. And you take him to a private room, you cover him in oil, and you tell him he's the new king. And then you get the fuck
0: out of there. Yeah, just a quick in and out uh, kingship, right?
1: It's kind of funny that he also really, like, that. that's that's that actual quote. He's like, listen, get in there, tell, take him to an inner room, tell him in secret, douse him in oil. Hey, man, you're the king. And then you run. You just, you just run <laughs> for your fucking life.
0: Yeah, and let God do the rest, right? So, uh, you know, I'm imagining this young prophet is kind of freaked out, but sure enough, he goes down to Ramoth Gilead. He arrives. He sees a bunch of officers sitting around smoking and joking, no doubt, while the troops are out, you know, slaughtering themselves. (laughs)
1: Look at all those stupid poor people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he says, uh, he says, I have a message for you, commander. And they turn and they're like, for which one of us? And he goes, you, commander. So apparently Jehu is like the boss, which makes sense because, you know, he is the uncle to the king. Yeah. Um, And uh, he says, listen, I got to tell you this in private. So Jehu goes up into a house. Boom. The prophet whips out his oil, which, I don't know, if you're a young Israelite man, you got to know what that means, right? <laughs> You get like, oiled up by the priest, it's, baby. It's time
1: for some private time with the
0: priest. I'm getting some baby oil out. <laughs> yeah, it's super creepy. So he whips out the oil, pours it on his head, and says, this is what the Lord God says. I anoint you, O the king, over the Lord's people, Israel. So you got to destroy the house of Ahab. Uh, your master, and I will avenge the blood of my servants, the prophet, and the blood of all the Lord's servants shed by, Je- shed by Jezebel. So that's kind of the end point of this, right? Jezebel is this outsider woman that got brought in, brought all her evil witch magic, yeah. right? She's the enemy.
1: Yeah, she's, she's a big, fat, stupid, cunt bitch, and God yeah. hasn't forgot about her. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you, you come to my town, you fuck up my shit. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember you. I'm going to let things be really evil for, like, 20 years, and I'm going to kill a lot of people, but I'm definitely not above punishing all of Israel from how much I hate you.
0: Yeah, and this woman has to be, like, decrepit at this point. She is fucking old, right?
1: Um, well, it's only been 20 years, so she might be in her 40s and 50s. I mean, too old to fuck, but
0: not too old to just be alive as a shattered husk of a woman. Yeah, but like her, her grandkids are king. Her grandson, in fact, is the king of Israel right now. No, no, no. her son is. It's Joram, Jehoram. Jehoram.
1: Jehoram no, is the no, no, no. son of Ahab. her child.
0: No, uh, Ahaziah is the king of Judah now.
1: Ahaziah is her grandson.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, he's you know, like twenty. But her, he's like but 20 the son, the, the
1: king of Israel, is her direct son. Now she yeah. ha- she is old enough to have grandchildren. She has grandchildren out there, but she's just a grandma.
0: She has grandchildren who are kings, is what I'm saying. She's old.
1: Yes, whatever. They're they're having anyway. kids young. I mean, no one. I, I bet she was 12 when she birthed
0: her first Oof. kid. Disgusting. So for whatever reason, we're focusing on Jezebel as the real issue at the heart of the Ahab problem.
1: Well, is I mean, the other guys—they're just a man. They don't have the kind of maturity and thought process a woman has. They're at their core, evil, according to the Bible. Correct. I'm not. That's not from me, you know. But God doesn't respect women, and this is a clear point.
0: That's very true. They're bad. Okay. Wait. Wait. Hold up. So, I just looked it up on my little Bible app. Uh, Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. That's not. Our Jehoshaphat. Uh, Okay, so yeah, yeah,
1: it's a different. Okay, so it said Jehoshaphat. That made sense to my mind that that's why he would be king. But you're right, it's a different Jehoshaphat. Just a completely. I fucking hate the Bible.
0: Why does everyone have to say goddamn name? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the, the Bible says, oh, and so here's Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat. So we're all thinking, oh, it's the uncle of the current king. No, just a random different Jehoshaphat. Just a
1: different random Jehoshaphat. different Jehoshaphat. Okay, so oh Jehu God. is his own dude. He's a different line, a different dynasty. He just happened to be He's not of David. He's
0: not of house David, David which is right. the important part, which would make more sense if he was, but whatever. So uh, he comes out, and his fellow officers are like, hey, man you good? Like, he, he had just been anointed by this this uh, prophet. His fellow officer's like, are you good? And he's like, well, you know that guy, the prophets, they're, they're fucking, fucking you know, <laughs> nuts, right? And they're like, no, dude, that's a fucking prophet. What's up? Fuck, <laughs> hey, we're your bros. Yeah. We're your bros. And he says, okay, fine, fine. Here's what he said. Uh, I'm the king now. Woo! <laughs> 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 and they freak out. They, they uh, take off their cloaks. They spread them under him for him to walk on, right? And they blow trumpets, and they're like, who's the king? These dudes clearly hate Joram. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Like, uh, like the, the moment that there's like some dude comes out of a house, it's like, hey, I'm the king now. They're like, oh, yeah, duh. I, I think okay. that makes sense to me.
1: I, I was really confused because I thought it was like, okay, he's the son of Jehoshaphat. He, he, he's part of the line of Judah. But then they're like, oh, yeah, you got to kill your master in Israel, I was like, "Why the fuck would he be working for the other side?" But yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a completely different guy. But the point is, he works for Joram. They all fucking hate him. They can't wait for him to be dead. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, by the way." He's like, "He's like, he's like." So what? What was that about? He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just, I got, I'm getting a promotion." They're like, "What?" And he's like, "To king." And they're like, "Ah, oh, you
0: got me." Picture this. Picture this. You're the troops. All right. You're in the Marine Corps. You're in, uh, I don't know, Afghanistan fighting, right? Right. And uh, some like desert goat guy comes up to you and is like hey I, I need to talk to you i got some intel uh, and he's like i need to talk to your commander and the commander takes the shepherd into this little hut uh, and he comes out and the other soldiers that were all sitting just you know, watching Marines. that
1: guy flee at the top of his like yeah, his, yeah. his uh, top speed just down the road the she- like,
0: that's weird shepherd runs off they pop some shots at him to send yeah, him away yeah. and uh they go to their command their captain they're like hey Captain, like what, what the hell was that about and he's like ah oh, just a crazy guy they're like come on dude what's up he's like i'm the fucking president now. <laughs> and <they're> like, yeah! <laughs> And then they go back to America and take over. He's
1: like, 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 he says I'm going to be president. Like, what do you got to do? He's like, I got to blow up Congress. They're like,
0: okay. That's it? That's basically what just happened. Yeah, yeah. But isn't there
1: currently a president and an entire, like, line of people? Like, how many people would have to die before the general becomes king? He's like, A lot. But I got the fucking. Almost
0: all of them. I don't
1: know if you. I, I don't think you heard me. God said it's cool. So no regrets. Like, right. That shepherd guy said. <laughs> that fucking mad drunk shepherd said, I gotta go, like, wipe out the entire fucking legislation branch. And they're like, yeah, all right. Okay. Fucking hell yeah, bro. Let's take off our jackets so you have a place to stand.
0: And that's what they do. So what happens next? Uh, Jeshu, or Jehu, sorry. Um, he starts conspiring against Joram, who's got a take out. Now, if you'll remember, Joram uh, is now ki- chilling in Jezreel with Ahaziah, his uh, nephew or whatever, uncle. I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: both, both so, kings are now hanging out in Jezreel.
0: Yeah. So um, Jehu said, if you desire to make me king, don't let anyone slip out of the city to go and tell the news in Jezreel. So basically he's like, look, if we're going to pull this off, we're going to need to keep it down low until it's time to pop off. Right. Makes sense. It's a right? it's you know a know legit he- conspiracy. He's like, yeah.
1: and really the crux of it is that God has told him you will be king. So he's still got to put the work in. Like when people say God helps those who help themselves, your yeah. your success it might be tied to you have to kill some people in charge. Yes. But as you long as you got the okay, check. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he gets on his chariot and starts riding to Jezreel where Joram is. Um, now the lookout at Jezreel is doing his job. God bless him. Looking out. And he, and he sees uh Jehu's troops coming. I guess Jehu's bringing some boys with them as you would want to do. And so he says, Hey guys, uh, Hey King, there's troops coming. And Joram says, all right, get a horseman, send the horseman out there, find out, make sure that it's all cool. Right. Cause why are they, they I guess they can see that it's their yeah, own boys. Why is like, like, why, why is a army
1: coming to town?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the battles over there. We're resting. We don't want to be disturbed, you know. <laughs> this is this is our spot. Stretching so, my
1: thigh muscle.
0: <laughs> so this horseman rides out and it's like, "Hey, the king wants to know if you guys are chill." Like, "What is, what is this?" And Jehu says to him, "Alright, motherfucker. Let me tell you something. Get in line because we're going to go take this bitch out." So basically he just turns the horseman onto his team. Um yeah, so the it's, lookout, it's kind
1: of weird. Like the lookout goes, is, or the the, the the messenger is like, "Hey, are you guys? Do you guys mean peace?" And they're like, "Fuck
0: peace." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> like, it is actually badass. He says specifically, "What do you have to do with peace?" And it's a soldier he's talking to. He's yeah. like, "Bitch, you want peace? That's your what is your job? Yeah. If we have peace,
1: like you got you guys have peace? And they're like, oh, what me and all my murder machines that I have with me?'
0: Yes, yeah, we're real peaceful. Stupid,
1: stupid fucking question." <laughs>
0: As he's picking his teeth. With
1: the knife. <laughs> he's just They're like, are you cold? He's just got the gun in his hand. Like, what do you think?
0: Don't make me get obvious with you. Don't make me slap you. So the lookout who initially reported these guys coming and told the king goes back to the king. And he's like, hey, uh, just so you know, your messenger got there. He's not coming back. It seems that he has, you know, buddies with those guys now. So the king sends out a second horseman who gets to them and says, hey, the king wants to know. Let you, you know, are you guys cool? Same thing happens. Get in line. Look out. Same thing. He says, hey, uh, yeah, they're still coming. They just get The messengers are just joining his team. He has stopped sending <laughs> it, them. It, It's like,
1: That's, uh, it's a little bit like a Napoleon thing. They're like he just like yeah. walking to like, hey, what, are you trying to like retake the throne? He's like, get in the back. Get on the bus. And they're like, all right, yeah, I like that idea. I, I, it also just kind of goes, you can just tell that like people just don't like Jorm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. So the uh, the lookout sees the second messenger in a row join up with Jehu. And he goes back and reports, hey, uh, just so you know, that messenger is not coming back either. And by the way, the leader appears to be Jehu, the son of Nimshi. Uh, and he is driving like a fucking madman. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what that means. I'm picturing like Cruella DeVille when she was driving in the Disney cartoon. I, I think
1: it's also it's confusing. So uh, the, the analogy I have, and this is super fucked up. But uh, I used to have a guy that I worked with uh, who had served in Afghanistan. Nice. And at the time, he was a medic and he was with a sniper team and they were watching a road and they saw a guy digging in the side of the road. And I guess they were like, well, that's an act of war. So they shot him with a sniper rifle. Jesus. And okay. they just blow apart and he dies. And then, like, this other guy comes out and he's like, goes to grab the body. Like, well, that's also technically an act of war. So they shoot him too. And then, like, a woman came out. It was like, well, I'm going to go get my husband. So they shoot her, too. So it was, like, five corpses before people were like, maybe just leave it? You know? Like, I don't know. But they just kept killing Genius. them. So that's what I, that's what it feels like. They're like, what's going on over there? Like, we'll send a guy. And then, like, he just doesn't come back. They're like, all right, we'll send another guy? And then he doesn't come back. They're like, send two more guys. Just see. <laughs>
0: and then that's it. <laughs> you know? Okay, well, I guess now we're a war crimes podcast as well. So the, C- the CIA is cool. Gonna- that's the fucked up thing. I think that's how you're supposed to do it. but. We're about to get fucking bin Haddad here. Um, so what happens next? Yeah. Uh, the, the lookout reports, they're coming. It's Jahu. He looks crazy. So Joram finally says, all right, hitch up my chariot. I'm going to handle this. myself." I'll get the body. Yeah. This is like when, uh, this is like if Trump was like, well, I'm going to go over to Syria and <laughs> yeah. take out Assad or whatever. So, uh, when uh, Joram sees Jehu, he's like, hey, what's up, brother? Now, note it real quick. They are right at about the point where Naboth's vineyard was taken by Ahab. Which we know so is right
1: a- next to the palace. So he's yes. on their doorstep, and they go to
0: meet yes. him. And they're on hallowed ground, or cursed ground, I would, I would I say. Guess.
1: You should just read so, the actual like text, because it's pretty metal.
0: Okay. So they met him at the plot of ground that had belonged to Naboth, that's all it says, the Jezreelite. So, Joram gets out there. He says to Jehu, have you come in peace, Jehu? And Jehu says, how can there be peace as long as all the idolatry and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel abounds? So, basically, he says, no, I I'm have not, I'm not come in yeah, peace. <laughs>
1: are, you, are you cool? It's like, Who can be cool when your bitch mother is still alive? Like, huh? <laughs>
0: Like, she's just in there being an old lady existing. Yeah, but I that's don't not know. Real. Yeah,
1: I mean, my my dad's been dead for a while. Is that who you mean? He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to kill your mother.
0: <laughs> so Joram screams and is like, ah, treachery, Ahaziah, <laughs> And starts trying to run away. Just real fucking weak-ass moves. Yeah. And Jehu whips out a bow, blasts him in the back, dead Yeah. badass. Uh,
1: and the arrow... Takes his heart out with him as it explodes through his chest. So
0: fuck you. Yes. I mean,
1: if you're so uh, uh, continuing a long tradition of shooting people in the back as they're running away.
0: Yeah, it's it's cool. And Jehu turns to his like uh, his right hand man Bid Bidkar and says, "All right, pick him up, throw him in that field. That field belonged to Naboth. I guess it's like a." The fact that, like, even the small folk know about Naboth says a lot. Like, these guys hate him. Maybe Nahab. that's
1: why they all fucking hate him, is that everyone probably low-key kind of knows that Jezebel is a bitch, that they killed a guy over some fucking land, and his yeah. entire family. It, it, it's just, it's the last days of Russia, where they're like, this sucks. These people suck. There's corruption. I don't like it. Let's uh cut their fucking heads off.
0: And, and in fact... Um, Jehu points out to the guy that he orders to throw the body in the vineyard. He says, remember when we were riding behind Ahab and God made the prophecy that this was going to happen? So these guys are like veterans. They've been around for Well, I
1: I think – so the context is like remember when we were with Ahab and Elijah told him he would die in a field and like his body would be licked his blood by dogs and shit like that. So I think that's why everyone knows is because Elijah fucking aired his business out in the street like he's fucking uh, Jada Pinka Smith. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ooh, nice uh so uh yeah so basically and these guys again have been they've been around they're they're fucking warriors so ahaziah is looking down and uh sees what happens so he flees up the road to beth hagon place i've never fucking heard of why would you uh and jehu chases him down shouting kill him too like don't let him get away for whatever reason i don't know why i mean that's the king of judah
1: Uh, I think, and this is what I was talking about earlier, where Ahaziah, even though he's the king of Judah, is technically the line of Omri.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: Which is what Jehu's... That's how he's, and we've seen this before, where like God's like, oh yeah, that king was that I elected and put in power and let him do all that evil shit. Uh, I'm going to elect a new king, and his first task is to clean house. And then when that yeah. guy goes evil, I'll hire someone else to kill his house, and then I'll uh, you know.
0: Which happens every fucking what two generations yeah, yeah, or so, like
1: twenty every every it's, twenty years, there's a massive political coup and murder.
0: Yeah, to this great, day, great time to be an Israelite. Yeah, great time. God is so great. Uh, <laughs> so. Ahaziah is trying to escape, um, and Jehu chases him. You know, they they wound him as he's trying to get away on his chariot. But it says he gets all the way up to Megiddo, and that's where he dies. Fun fact: you know what Megiddo is? You know about Megiddo?
1: Uh, I know that there was Megiddo in the past. I feel like we talked about it. Allegedly, the only thing I know about Megiddo is allegedly that's where the last battle with
0: yeah. Jesus Ar- and the Armageddon. Are. Yeah, Armageddon means hill of Megiddo in Greek. So, fun fact so that's where it's all going to go down eventually there's something kind of poignant about uh about ahaziah going there, like and dying. both
1: kings of israel basically dying and one yeah. of them dies in megiddo
0: it's deep um okay so yeah his servants take him by the chariot to jerusalem and bury him with his ancestors in the city of david um so boom both kings dead in a day kind of badass right
1: Yeah, but, you know, let's not forget why we're here, he just says to his boys. He's like, one last loose end. One last little uh, thing on my fucking checklist. He's hungry. Let's keep in mind, he's a hungry boy. He's been working all day, but you don't leave a job half done. So he goes back to the palace to where Jezebel is just chilling, legs splayed open, whatever she does with her time. Being an old lady. Just airing it out.
0: Knitting. With cats. All right. Happy old widow.
1: (laughs) But she... Jezebel has heard this shit. And Jezebel going to do what Jezebel going to do? And she hears that there's a man on a murder mission and she's like, "Well, what do I know best? Being a whore." So she puts on <laughs> make- so she puts on makeup and gets as seductory as she can. And when she sees Jet who walking up, she goes out to the window and calls to him.
0: And just she's looking right. All right, yeah. she's up in that window looking hot as hell. Hot
1: as hot as she can at her age. Give it to her.
0: Yeah. I mean, and she she yells down, and this is interesting. She yells down, "Have you come in peace, you Zimri, you murderer of your master?" Zimri is, of course, the king for a very short period who murdered a king who was then murdered by Omri, her father-in-law. The so it's irony, like, the irony, yeah.
1: like what are you like? Are you some kind of like uh, it, it'd be like it'd be like um, John Wilk Booth's niece? Looking up at yeah. uh fucking um, Lee Harvey Oswald, and be like, "Oh yeah, you one of those John Wilkes Booth types?" He's like, "Yeah, I you you know <laughs> goddamn you? well what who we are."
0: <laughs> but yeah, so she thinks she's a badass. She's
1: like, "Is that do you want peace, you king murdering piece of shit?" He's like, "I how do you think you got where you are, lady?" <laughs>
0: So he yells up to the window, and she's with her attendants, right? Obviously, she's a queen mother, queen mother, whatever. He yells up to the attendants, hey, who's with me? Who's on my team? I got God. Who's with me? And it says of her three eunuchs that were attending her, two of them are like, Oh, me, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. which if I yeah, was up, I yeah. I... She,
1: she, obviously, you have to have eunuchs because no one's allowed to fuck the queen, and let, you know that's that's what you do to get that. That's how you find good workers. But I I, I like the idea. Like I'd like the idea You're up at the window. Like all right, uh, she's up at the window. Hey, who's up there? I need some help. And like two eunuchs come out. He's like, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> Anyone with a penis. I'm looking. That's the main key element. All right, fuck it. I'll take it. So Damn. He, he's like, "Who's out there to help me?"
0: Two eunuchs. Yeah, you gotta aunts. put my boys on blast like that.
1: <laughs> Two falsetto voiced weirdos. Open the door. and Be like, yes. <laughs> like, all right. You, you'll do. Can you? Uh, can you bring her down for me? So th- this is so metal. I just let's just get into it. Not bring
0: her down. Yes. Yeah.
1: Can can, hey, can you guys help down. out? And they're like, we know what you want. So they push her out of the window. She falls to the ground from the height of the balcony, splatters the horse with blood and the walls with blood. And Jay, Je- who's like, ooh, gross, and he has his horse stomp her to death in the street. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That I feel is. like it's like, I feel like it's like if you like saw a roach on the street, like, oh no, yak. And then you just like kick it as much as you can, you know? So she yeah, gets yeah. kicked to death by a horse after falling from a building, you know?
0: Yeah. The old double whammy, as we call it and in the business. So
1: Jehu has now crushed a woman to death with a horse. Is like, oh man, that reminds me. I'm hungry. And so he just leaves. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, well, all right, I got things to do. So he goes and he gets some food, gets some drink, rests up. In the palace. In the palace, yeah. He goes right into the palace. Just go have he's a king snack. Now. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I'm here. My first order of business, cheeseburger. And then after he's done eating, after he's filed, he sends his boy. He's like, you know what?
0: Let's, um, let's go bury her in that fucking, let's go bury her. He says she was the daughter of a king, which yeah, I guess some foreign king, right? She wasn't from uh,
1: Israel. I think.
0: I think she was a, a
1: princess.
0: Yeah, but from some other country. I mean,
1: whatever. Yeah, sure.
0: Filthy. So he says, yeah, do you know what? At the end of the day, she was a princess. Let's bury her right. So the guys go out there. But when they find her, uh, yeah, there's nothing left except for her skull, her feet, and her hands picked clean i'm assuming yeah. by none other than the dog which
1: which is what <laughs> elijah had basically said like your wife will be eaten by dogs and ahab's like well that's fucked up but yeah. uh, but at least i cried at hard least she enough. was
0: dead for it you know yeah,
1: yeah so she she got tenderized so much by those fucking hooves that the dogs were like ooh, this is tasty tender and they rip her apart and all that's left is her skull and hands and feet or whatever so jenny's yeah, like then- well just toss it in a fucking field fucker
0: and it says Jezebel's body will be shitted out by the dogs all over the place. <laughs> the,
1: e- the, end. <laughs> the end. The end. The end. Oh, and then it, it, It's definitely like God just dabbing as hard as he can. Oh, yeah. First, I had her thrown out by a couple of falsetto uh, dickless dudes. That the worst way to die. If you're gonna die, at least by a man with a penis. You know. Yeah. And then thrown from a building unceremoniously like a bag of trash, stomped to death by a horse, and then ripped apart by dogs to be shitted over the street and then stepped on by like poor people. It fucking rules. It's it's every awesome. every story of the Bible connected by a thread of hope.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some real fairy tale stuff. Old Testament, New
1: Testament, all the same to me. It's all good. <laughs>
0: yeah. So that is the end of chapter nine. I think that's where we're gonna call it for today. Man, what a wild ride you know one of my favorite parts that we didn't really talk about while we we're going through it mm. these eunuchs you know he calls up for them i'm surprised not all three wanted to help him out <laughs> it's like oh you want us to turn on the woman that we had to have our penises cut off to serve
1: yeah really? <laughs> well you know probably that third eunuch was his was her bottom bitch he was like Ooh, her nice. favorite eunuch
0: i wonder if uh, he got a like, double serving
1: of uh, bird shit during the fucking family.
0: if if I was the queen, I would secretly have some, air quotes, eunuchs, right. you know, big, big old dicks on them, though, <laughs> yeah. you know,
1: just in case.
0: Yeah. Just a eunuch that's, there.
1: that's why there was three eunuchs. There's the two in front of him to hide the boner. They just, they just kind of always, <laughs> he's always got his arms around them, but everywhere they go, they sidle like a crab. He's like, all right, yeah. guys, here we go. Back up.
0: <laughs> I, I could see it. I think, well, Ahab's been dead for a little while now. You know, yeah. she's got to get slammed somehow.
1: They they still have needs, and I'm sure Jezebel has a voracious
0: appetite. Oh Jesus! Oh, I'm, I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. That's- poor Ahab would just be like in bed crying about the vineyard, and he hears that door open, and she's just screaming, "That dick better be ready!" He's like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> not again!" Uh, what a time to be alive. Uh,
1: yeah. So, uh, so Jehu has just killed two kings, fulfilling the prophecy of Elijah. I like to think of things like that, like fulfilling the prophecy of Elijah doing god's word by fucking beating a woman to death with horse feet. Yeah. Hey. As, as as he as he likes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't get to pull the girl card on this one, buddy. And,
1: and and one of the interesting things about it is that the reason this is happening now is because Ahab humbled himself before God when Elijah admonished him for killing that guy over some fucking grape land. So, yeah. the whole point was that like Ahab was like, "Oh, but I'm sorry." God, God's like, "Okay, I forgive you, but just you. I'm still gonna kill your kids and your wife and let them be eaten by dogs." But yeah, yeah. But because Naturally. you humbled yourself, I'll wait till you're dead. Which good for Ahab. Imagine having seen this during your life. You know, Oof. it's much better to your see wife? this from hell.
0: <laughs> uh... <laughs> Just looking up. Feel much better.
1: I, I would love that idea. He's like, all right. He, like, I, I would love like he like cries like, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry. And Elijah's like, okay, listen, we had our little tiff. He puts his hand on his shoulder. Okay, I'll just fucking beat your wife to death after you're dead and can't defend her. Like, okay, thank you. Thank you.
0: Don't you think Ahab hated her, though? She was a real fucking, like. Problem. He was a small man who was trampled by almost everyone in his life. Yeah. But I feel like especially she really dug in. Um
1: yeah, Ahab you was know. weak and obviously yeah. weak weak men do what women tell them. Never do that. Or
0: did Jesus Christ. Or did he actually enjoy that? Maybe he was a, a sub.
1: Oh yeah. He probably did most of his royal decrees with a little fucking cock lock on. You know <laughs> <laughs> just watching that third eunuch rail her, you know? Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah, these kids might not. Joram might not even be his. Fuck. Probably not. Who knows? Well, <sighs> well, what a story, huh? Well, um, the Bible. Anything else that we want? There's say?
1: nothing more wholesome than this.
0: No, real Hans Christian Andersen shit.
1: Yep, uh, it's uh, it's good. It's good. It's yeah. terrible. But you know what? That's what again. and 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 I think the key point is this is what happens when you have an uppity wife who you don't hit enough. You know
0: yeah i think that might have something i don't think
1: i'm like i'm like i'm not joking i think that's what you got to do audience you got a woman she's like when are you gonna ask for that raise and you're like you know what man i'm gonna get some eunuchs in here and when i'm dead you're gonna learn a fucking valuable lesson
0: (laughs) jesus uh i you know after i'm dead whatever i guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what's our what's our twitter handle?
0: Yeah, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter, at BiblePimps.
1: Fucking terrible, but fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to send us an email, you can do that at revelationspodcast at gmail.com.
1: Before we go, uh, did you see that Kanye West is running for president? That's one well, of the other crazy yeah, but, things we haven't discussed, but I mean, it doesn't,
0: it doesn't have much validity, but. He didn't file in time, right? Isn't it too late?
1: Does it matter? not Just write him in.
0: Yeah, good point. Write him in, idiots. <laughs> write him in hey let me say this too a vote for biden is technically a vote for trump because you should have been voting for kanye <laughs> yeah.
1: i like that i like that kanye west was like oh yeah i'm running for president and they're like do you know anything about foreign affairs or military he's like i don't like abortion and they're like fucking where were you 10 years ago <laughs>